right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How are we doing tonight? Blessed. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord? The cool house of the Lord. Amen. Yes, we love that. I'm going to be testifying about that for years to come, so you just better not get tired of that. But God has been good to us. Amen. Well, we got lots of great stuff going on. We are right in the heart of summer with the 4th of July coming up. But with that being said, it's a great time to remember to speak words of faith over the United States and keep our faith released for God to move and God to work in our nation. So let's stand up together tonight. Amen. We are going to say our confession for America, and we are watching Jesus have his way. And someone would say, well, I don't see that. Well, hey, we walk by faith, not by sight. So it doesn't matter if you see it yet. You got to believe it before you ever see it. Amen. So let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. And then you may be seated. All right. Well, we'll go over a few quick announcements here before we move on. I want to remind everybody that we have started our Sunday morning Bible class every Sunday morning from 9 to 9.30 over there in the office building. It's straight out that way. And we have Austin leading the class for us. Austin, say hi. Look at that guy. Look at that. Come on. Yes. So uh, Austin's leading that for us. We're studying the book of John one chapter a week. And so if you're just uh, hungry to learn more of the Bible or just discuss the Bible or meet new friends or be able to ask questions in a small group setting, that is the place for you. Sunday mornings, 9 to 930. And then, of course, who knows what this Sunday is? It is the 4th of July. Who remembers back in 1776? Anybody? Monica does. You were there. You were there, yeah. Old Thomas Jefferson and those boys, they were back there signing stuff. But this year, uh, the 4th of July is on this Sunday. And so we're going to have a great uh, Sunday morning service. We're going to be bringing the word. We're going to be celebrating. But then there's no Sunday night service because I know everyone's going to be watching fireworks and celebrating freedom. Who's thankful for some freedom? Amen. Yeah, come on. Hey, if you've ever been someplace that doesn't have freedom, you appreciate freedom in the United States. So don't ever get tired of that. All right. And then a couple of weeks away, a few weeks away on Sunday, July 18th, we will be celebrating pastor's 70th birthday. Yes. So it's the big 7-0. Yeah, we're all excited about this. So we're going to cancel the Sunday night service that week and we're going to have a great big cookout great big barbecue right here uh right here at this uh in this building um so we've got a sign up sheet 
back there on the info booth, and we've kind of broken it down into the items we need. So we need burgers, hot dogs. So, uh, in fact, we should probably pass that around. That would be a great idea, wouldn't it? If I get an usher to go grab me that sign-up sheet and get it making the rounds, that would just be great. And uh, we want to celebrate that. So everybody, be here that night. Don't miss out. That's going to be a super special evening for the High Desert Word Center family. All right. And then I want to remind you that the... High Desert Word Center t-shirt contest is coming back. Now, I mean, I'm already hearing ideas from people. Uh, I, in fact, today I went through, I got my old laptop out uh, from, uh, from 2018. Okay, that's three years ago. That is old stuff, three years ago. And I started digging up pictures from the last t-shirt contest. And that's when I remembered how crazy some of you people actually are. I'm just going to say it was a little disturbing, but it was, it was cool nonetheless. So starting on July 23rd, that's the opening day of the Olympics, uh, we will be beginning our social media t-shirt contest, and if you haven't been around for that, that's where you have a High Desert Word Center t-shirt, and you take the absolute best, most incredible pictures uh, that you can uh, of yourself uh, in your t-shirt, you put it on your social media, and you tag the church in it, and, and then, for one thing, you tell everybody that, hey, I go to a great church, and then they're going to want to come to church with you, which is the biggest goal, because they're like, hey, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And then they'll want to come and come to church, right? And then also, uh, it's just a fun thing for us to do. So if you don't have an HDWC t-shirt, we have a sign-up sheet in the bookstore. Uh, Renee will be back there after service, right? And then uh, you can get yours pre-ordered. I'm going to place the order in about two weeks for those. They're $12 a piece. You can get a red shirt or a black shirt, but go ahead and sign up for that if you want one of the t-shirts so you can be one of the cool kids. Who wants to be a cool kid? No. Lawrence, right here. One of the cool kids. Do you want to be like be one of the cool kids? <laughs> yes, you want to be one of the cool kids. So get your t-shirt and be a part of the fun. It's awesome. And it's a great time, again, to, to just, I don't know, witness and let people know that, hey, you love Jesus and you go to a great church. All right. Very good. Who thinks that sounds awesome? Yes. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It's happy time. I'm going to have pastor come on up. Praise the Lord. And he's going to take up our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Do we have any cheerful givers in the house? All right, well, you know, we're getting there. We're getting, Cletus, is, there's a cheerful giver. Oh, oh, okay. I don't, I don't, who, uh, Cletus or Lawrence, that's, that's a toss-up. I mean, these are both, <laughs> you're going to give it over to Cletus? Oh, all right, well, see, that's Christian love right there. There you go. Hallelujah. Happy times. So hold up your hands in the envelope for your tithes or offerings. And hold up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Amen. How many thinks that the world needs to change to be a better place to live? Amen. Amen. Well, Matthew six thirty-three is a big step for that taking place. Matthew six thirty-three. this chapter talks about people that are going out trying to get the things they need to live, food, clothing, and all the things necessary to be happy in life. And it talks about how the world, people who don't know Jesus... They go for all the money. They love money. They love things. But they go after it the wrong way. They keep God out of it. So Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Things are cars. Things are houses. Things are clothes. Things are food. Things are education. Everything you need, things, he said, all these things shall be added unto you if you seek the kingdom of God first. And uh, years ago, I was praying and studying and looked at that verse because I've been a Christian for quite a few years. I thought, seek you, seek you. What do you mean seek you the kingdom of God? I'm in it. Well, when I looked that out in the original language, that says go for the expansion of God's kingdom. Go for the expansion of God's kingdom first. And how does something expand? It grows. It gets bigger. If you were going for the expansion of your family, there'd be some babies born in your family. So if God's kingdom is going to grow, it could be babies born. And so if you're going to go for the expansion of God's kingdom first, that means you're going to be a part of something that's preaching the gospel. Something that's reaching out to people that don't know Jesus and getting them in the family of God. And when God's family gets bigger, automatically the devil's family gets smaller. And so if Christians lived up to the principle of this verse, guess what? We'd start winning more battles. Things would start changing because the, the, something else the Lord said to me just a couple of years ago, and I preached on it, was this. says says the kingdom, kingdom of God never changes. The kingdom changes things. And how does that work? Well, for example, uh, there, there, there's a certain pastor that relocated from the Midwest and came to California to the desert. And before he was a pastor, before he was a Christian, he was a truck driver that was lost. He did nothing to help people into heaven. He did everything he could to help people go the opposite direction. But when the kingdom of God got inside this man of God, he knew he was called to be a preacher. And so when he shifted kingdoms from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, he started getting people born again. Started teaching born again Christians how to have victory in life. And so guess what? The kingdom of God in one man affected lots of lives. And each one of those lives got the kingdom of God in them. They affected lives. And, you know, a lot of you are in here because your families or somebody told you about it. And when they wasn't born-again Christians, they didn't tell you because they didn't have it. And so then some of these people get born again. They go into judgeships, into politics, into running corporations. And when they begin to run corporations or decide decisions or make political decisions based upon the Bible, guess what? That changes our society. And so that's why it's a good thing, as Jesus said, to put God first, not only with your life and go to church, read your Bible, be a good Christian, but with your money. So when you put God first with all that you can, then the kingdom of God's going to grow. And if the kingdom of God's going to grow, that's going to be the best way to change the United States of America. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. That's not the sermon. That's just the offering. Hallelujah. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. And then we'll bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar and worship God with it. Are we ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, Blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family. 
gift generously to the kingdom of God both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all just stand up. Let's come to the altar and let's worship together. It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Your light is breaking through the dark. This love it is sweeter than wine, bringing joy, bringing life. Your hope is rising like the dawn. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. Let's sing this. It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Your light is breaking through the dark. Love it is sweeter than wine, bringing joy, bringing life. Your hope is rising like the dawn. This is what you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do. You make me come alive. It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Your light is breaking through the dark. This love, it is sweeter than wine, bringing joy, bringing life. Your hope is rising like the dawn. This is what you do, this is what you do, you make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do, you bring joy, you make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do, you make me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do, you make me come alive. Make me come alive. You 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 make me come alive. what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. It's like I'm living. It's like I'm living for the first time. 
I'm finally living for the first time. It's like I'm living for the first time. I'm finally living for the first time. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'll just sing this out. And I can't get enough. No, I can't get enough of your amazing love. Jesus, I can't
Let's raise our hands for a minute tonight. You know, the Bible tells us that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And that's that's the deep promise right there. The fullness of joy, complete joy. It's a full joy. It's not lacking anything. You don't need anything else to add to it. When you're in his presence, you have a fullness of joy. And I want to encourage us tonight that as we're in his presence, let the joy of the Lord come upon you. If you've had a a heaviness, a weariness, if you've had junk from the enemy, if you've just had attacks from the world coming upon you, you're in the presence of God tonight. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. I love Psalm 45. Verse 7, it says, therefore, God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. And so God has anointed you. Well, I don't feel anointed. God has anointed you with the oil of joy. And so that belongs to you tonight. That belongs to you. And you've got to choose to walk in that. And so as we're studying the word tonight, who thinks that when you open the Bible, God's presence is just right there. I mean, it is. That's that's, Jesus is the word. And so as we open our Bibles tonight, listen, you're already in the presence of God. But as we open the word, you are really in the presence of All right. Very good. Very good. You may be seated. I'll try to adjust my crazy loud voice to this other microphone here. (laughs) You'll probably have to turn me way down, Tommy. I'm going to probably be really loud. Okay. Well, very good. Well, who's excited to be in the presence of God tonight? Amen. I'm excited to be in the presence of God. Now, I don't have to wait until I get to church to be in the presence of God. I can be in his presence anytime because I'm a new covenant, New Testament Christian and the veil has been torn. The curtain has been ripped in half and I can go boldly to the throne of grace anytime that I want to. Amen. But it is a great time to be in the house of God with the people of God. All right. And so uh, go ahead and put the PowerPoint on the screen there. The title tonight is this, and uh, 
and it's this, because the sovereign Lord helps me. And if you're familiar with the 2000, whatever year this is, 21 High Desert Word Center theme verse, you know where I'm coming from with this. Does anybody remember what the 2021 theme verse is for HDWC? Isaiah 50, verse 7. Clearly, we need to review this. <laughs> Clearly, we need to review this. And so, Isaiah 50 and verse 7. I'm going to give you a chance to turn there because you need to see it with your own eyes. I mean, it's a lot easier to just look on the screen, but you need to catch this in your own Bible. You need to catch this uh, in your own reading device there. Isaiah 50 and verse 7. And it's, uh, well, tomorrow's July 1st, and so, I mean, we are officially over halfway through this year. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but there's only 178 days until Christmas. Does anybody else know that tonight? 178 days. And the way I see it, Christmas should really, the, the season starts somewhere back in October. So my, according to my calculation, about 123 days until we can start really doing this thing right, okay? And so we're getting there. And, and as I'm saying all that, we're halfway through this year. And as I look back, this is the verse that God gave us for 2021, and it's a powerful verse, and it has come true, and it has carried us to where we are right now, because 2021 has been a banner, breakthrough, off-the-charts, incredible year for High Desert Word Center. And I mean, just in my life and in all of I, so many testimonies I see out here, it's been an awesome year, and it's not because there's not been any troubles. I've had tons of troubles try to come my way this year. I've had tons of devils and demons try to knock on my door and, and try to come into my house. But because of verses like this right here, the answer is always no. I resist the devil. Who in here, you resist the devil when he comes and knock in. All right? And there's some people that just welcome them on in. And, and we are not those people. We resist the devil. But Isaiah 50 and verse 7 is key to your success and to our success as a church family. Isaiah 50 and verse 7, it says, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Who knows that the devil wants you to be disgraced? He wants to embarrass you. He wants you to back down from the Bible that you have preached and proclaimed all these years, all this time. The devil would love to disgrace you and say, oh, see, he doesn't believe it anyway. Hey, when push came to shove, he folded, she folded, she backed down from what she claimed she believed. But listen, that's not going to happen to us. Why? Because the sovereign Lord helps me. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not out there saying, because David Samples is so strong, I will not be disgraced. You better know right now that I am not relying on my strength to do anything. I couldn't survive a Barstow summer in my own strength, let alone help lead a church and a family of all these kids and people. Listen to me. It's because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Well, what's up about that? Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will. And I know, and I know, I will not be put to shame. Who thinks that that's some powerful stuff right there? 
Amen. And so who in here is with me saying, I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not relying on me. I'm relying on the sovereign Lord. And because of him, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will. And I I love this verse. I am wild about this verse because I love seeing Christians that have actually set their face like a stone determined to do God's will. When you have that attitude, it doesn't matter how people treat you. Why? Because your face is set like a stone on Jesus. So people may be doing this to you, and you don't even, man, whatever, you don't even notice. Your face is set like a stone. The devil may come with attacks, and it doesn't matter. Because my face is set like a stone determined to do the will of God. So people will talk. The devil will throw fiery darts from the wicked one, but it flat out does not matter. I've got the shield of faith up on every side, and I am plowing right through that mess with my face set as a stone. And you know, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. And it's incredible because as you study that out in in truth, uh, you realize that that Paul is using the, the, the body armor and the weapons of the Roman army at that time. If he was in our modern day, he'd probably be talking about a bulletproof vest and, and you know, M16s and all that. But he had what, what they were talking about. And so the, the Roman soldiers, it talks about the shield of faith. Their shields were powerful. It wasn't just a little, I mean, it was like super tall and they had locking mechanisms where you could lock up with the guy next to you and you could literally just build a little fort around yourselves with these shields that locked together. You were surrounded on every side by that shield and you could pop out and fire your arrows. You could pop out and and swing your sword and all that stuff. But listen to me. You, if you've got the shield of faith and you are hooked up with your brothers and sisters, we are surrounded on every side. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what people say. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what the media says. Our face is set as a stone determined to do his will. And by God, that's what we're doing. And we are having a fantastic time doing it. It's a great time to be alive. There's never been a better day to be a born-again child of God than what there is right now. And if you've got a revelation of what uh, the Bible says is going on right now, you're excited because you know, hey, wait, I've read about this before. I've read this story. I know what happens next. Jesus comes back. And so this is a great time to be alive and to be a child of God. But listen, this verse says it all right here. Why? It's because the sovereign Lord helps me. And if you really do know that, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. It'll change how you approach every situation. You will not ever go into any conflict, any battle, any situation feeling like you don't have the upper hand. When you have the revelation that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, you approach every conflict and battle realizing, wait, I've got the upper hand. Why? Because the sovereign Lord helps me. The sovereign Lord's not helping my enemy. The sovereign Lord's not helping the devil that's trying to form weapons against me. The sovereign Lord helps me. And when you have that attitude, when you've got that that revelation, and believe me, Not every Christian has that revelation. 
Believe me, not every Christian in this room has that revelation that the sovereign Lord really does help you. And he's on your side. If you had that, you would be approaching things sometimes from a whole different angle. You have got to know this. And so the focus and and the whole point tonight is this. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I'm going to win. All right. And so let me show you just two things, because I know that Wednesday nights we are pressed for time. And so I want to get this to you tonight. All right. So. Because the sovereign Lord helps me. Number one, you need to know where your help comes from. You need to know where your help comes from. Now this may sound like a duh statement to most Christians, but I can assure you that it's not. I, you know, I, as I'm so grateful that, that we're in a much better position. Uh, I don't know with all the craziness than we were even a year ago at this time or six months ago at this time, but if you trust God and you know where your help comes from, then 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 you're going to act like it. And and so I, I would never want to make fun or put down anybody, but this is simply an example, okay? So hear my story. I am not putting down on or making fun. But I was at an event just a couple of weeks ago with somebody, and, and, and I, I felt bad for this person. I'm telling this out of compassion, not out of making fun. And so this person, a a Christian, a child of God, uh, uh, she she comes in and, 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 and she's, we're supposed to do a little business together and, and, and she's got two face masks on a face shield and she's terrified to even like be within six feet. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well you can just hand me that and, and I'll come pick it up. She's like telling you what I've, I've had, I've fully vaccinated. I've had both shots and, and I'm still, I'm terrified that I'm going to die. And, and I'm like, wow, that's, I, I'm not making fun, but that is very sad to me that a spirit of fear can control you to such an extent. You're obeying every rule they've told you. You've even got the shots and, 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 and you are still terrified to come into a church and talk to the preacher about something. That, that's sad. And I'm not making fun. I am not putting down, but it's difficult for me to see something like that and, 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 and think that that's somebody that would have confidence and say, Hey, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I can do all things through Christ. You should be able to go inside of a church building and, and you should be able to go live your life without the devil paralyzing you with fear. You need to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John 4, 4. If you don't know it now, you know it. Write it down. First John 4, 4. Listen, Christians should not be controlled with, with fear in that way. And so, Know where your help comes from. And so every Christian would say, oh, I know where my help comes from. If you do, then you're going to start having a little bit more confidence and a little bit more, uh, a little bit more trust in what, in, in, in what you're saying. And so, uh, I've, I've said this. In fact, I think I said this Sunday, but many people unintentionally give credit and shout outs to the devil. Now let me explain myself, okay? So anytime that we talk about all the good things God's doing, who gets praise for that? God. Why? Because God likes to, He, He likes people to know the good things that He does, right? I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a mechanic, I would love it if you would just go out and leave me reviews online. I would love it if you would go around talking about, man, that guy fixed my car. I would love it because that, that does good for me. 
That makes more people want to come and be around me and I can help them do what I do. And so whenever I tell people, man, Jesus healed me of cancer. He's the healer. That makes more people want to go to Jesus. Amen. He receives the glory for that when we talk about the good things he has done. But listen, when people nonstop talk about how bad it is, Oh, it's, it's bad, man. It is. It, you think that it's just going to get worse. I'll tell you what right now. It, you think it, it's bad, but it's getting worse. Oh, that old devil, he's after me. And Christians all the time, that old devil, that rascal, that devil, he should have seen what he did to me today. You should have. And when you are non-stop talking the negative, talking the bad, do you know what the devil's doing? Oh, I received that. Bring it on. Keep it coming. Yes. I, that, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I did do that. Yes, I did put that on you. Yes. Thank you. I receive it. I receive it. Keep it coming. He's eating it up. But you know what he doesn't like? When someone's like, hey, you know what? The devil tried to put this on me, but I submitted myself to God. I resisted the devil and he had to flee. And then Jesus came and made the way. The devil thought he had me, but Jesus came and grabbed me. And I am through it. Amen. I always overcome. But when you start speaking like that, when you start saying, listen, I know where my help comes from. You're given the glory and the credit to God. Look at Psalm 121. Psalm 121. So, me and you chiming in about how bad things are doesn't help anybody at all, does it? No, it does not. It does not help anybody at all. But, when we talk about, I know where my help comes from, that helps people because I can point them to where the help comes from. Psalm 121. Psalm 121, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 2. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 2. I love this. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No. No, it doesn't. My help doesn't come from there. My help comes from the Lord who made the mountains. The Lord who made the heaven and earth. My help doesn't come from anything that you can even see here because my God is bigger than anything that you can see here or that you can comprehend. My help doesn't come from the mountains or from some person. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And so here's the thing. I always know where my help comes from. I don't always know how God's going to get the help to me. But I always know that he is the source of my help. And there's never been a time, never been a time when I've trusted God and he didn't come through and fulfill his end of the promise. He always comes through every single time. And I love it that God doesn't do it my way. You know what I mean? Anybody in here that you've got control issues and you just, anyone, you know, you know who you are. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But you, you know who you are. Okay. And you're like, okay, you know, loud and proud. Uh, but listen to me. Listen, you gotta, you gotta get to this place where just let God do it how he's going to do it. And, and you don't have to always, uh, put God in a box and, and he doesn't have to do it your way. And, and, and so as we mature in our faith and as we grow, we start to realize that God can get the help to us any number of ways, whether it's healing, amen, whether it's finances, whether it's an intervention in your job, whether it, whatever it is, 
God can make the help happen and he can use very unlikely sources to get it done. And I love it when God does that because I think it's great that he's so much bigger and he can do things that I never saw coming. And uh, but, the, but in the end, I know where my help came from. I was thinking of this one time. I man, I needed a specific amount of money, and this has happened lots of times to me. But I needed a specific amount, and I was like, "God, listen, I'm claiming it right now. You can't do that, oh buddy. I claimed what I needed in the name of Jesus. By the end of this week, I'll have exactly this amount of money." And I didn't know how it was going to come in, but I knew it was going to come in. It had to. I had to have it. And God's my father. And so I said, this is what I need. And and God, I'm leaving it in your hands. This wasn't some frivolous thing so I could go buy, you know, $500 of scratch-offs and hit the big one. This was, I had to, it was a legit need, man. And so it was funny. A Sunday night service, someone comes up to me. And it's like, man, God laid it on my heart that I'm supposed to give you something. And I wasn't like, oh, wow. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, if God's telling you that, then that, praise God. You go ahead and do that. And he's like, well, just tell me what it is you need. And and I'm like, uh, you know what? You just do whatever God puts on your heart. If God tells you something, you do it. Because I was telling myself, here's my chance. I'm going to prove this thing out. If this dude, and I'm just going to be flat out one of the biggest knuckleheads I know, okay? Just flat out one of the most unspiritual people that I know in the world. And so if this dude, if if God can get through to this guy, then I know that this is God. I'm like, what you, whatever God tells you is fine. That's between you and God. And sure enough, the dude shows up at my house later with the exact amount to the dollar. This is what God told me that I'm supposed to give to you. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That makes perfect sense. God bless you. I, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And, and so what I'm saying is this, is I know where the help comes from because the sovereign Lord helps me. But I'm not going to tell God how to do it. And I'm not going to put God in a box on how he's got to do it. He has a lot of avenues and a lot of ways to get the help to you. But in the end, I always know where my help comes from. It's not from any person. It's not from any government. It's from the Lord himself who made the heavens and the earth. And so I'm telling you, if you want to stick out in our modern day society, trust God. Have faith in God. And don't, don't get all, all frazzled and freaked out when everybody else in the world does. If you would just be a solid, stable Christian that trusts God and believes the word of God, you will be the light of the world, as Jesus said, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Amen. Listen to me. If you would just live your Christian life uh, stable and consistent and trust God and not be frazzled and, and, and scared like everybody else is, you'll stick out. Look at Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Who's having a good time tonight? You still glad you came to church? All right. Amen. I'm, we're here to, I mean, I know you've had a long day. You've been out there working. It's a little bit hot, right, Cletus? A little bit hot out there, a little bit warm. But listen, we came to bring you into a cool building so we could fire you up. We're here We're here to get you through the rest of your week. Someone was asking me just the other day, you know, wh- why, why 
why a Wednesday night? Why a church in the middle of the week? And I'm like, man, listen, we need, I need that middle of the week fill up that middle of the week. Pick me up. The world is out there all, I mean, they're fire and stuff and, and we are bombarded with junk every day. I need Wednesday night church. And I need, I need all the church I can get. Are you like me? You just need all the church you can get. There's just, I mean, you need, you need it all. That's me. I need all of it. Psalm 46. I guess I better turn there myself. Psalm 46. And if you know me, you know that I love the Psalms. I, I, I spend a lot of time in the New Testament, of course, but I spend a lot of time in the Psalms. So Psalm 46. Verses 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Say amen to that right there. That's good news. He is always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. What's that saying is when the whole earth is shaken and falling apart, we don't have to fear like everybody else does because God is our refuge and strength. Now, not everybody can say that. There's a lot of people in this world that God is not their refuge and strength. They don't belong to him. They never accepted Jesus as their savior. He's certainly not their Lord and he's certainly not their refuge, their fortress, their rock. He's none of those things to them. And so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that they're flipping out and, and scared and what's going to happen next. And, 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 and they don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. But listen, we are not those people. I'm not those people. Because the Lord is my refuge and strength. He's always ready to help me out in times of trouble. So I refuse to fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. I absolutely refuse to live my life with fear. I'm going to trust God to come to my help every single time there's trouble. I'm talking about every single time there's trouble. You need to know where your help comes from. The sovereign Lord helps you. And when you know that, you can set your face as stone determined to do God's will. Distractions come. You just keep straight ahead. You know, the enemy comes. People come. Problems come. And you just set your face straight ahead. And it's like, it's like he doesn't even know that those things are going on. I, I barely do. I, my face is set as a stone determined to do God's will. I remember another story back when Katie and I were in college. You know, we, we had just uh, gotten there into Oklahoma. And, and we were poor, okay? I'm just going to say it. We were poor. <laughs> and it was bad. It was rough. I didn't like being poor. If you, anybody that says, well, you know, poverty is a blessing from God, they have never been poor, obviously. It was awful. I didn't like it. I hated it. We were so poor, we got Gmail accounts just for the free spam. I mean, we could, listen, it was bad, dude. It was awful. But to make matters worse, to make matters worse, I go out to my truck one morning, and I, I had a prestigious job. I swept out self-storage sheds, you know, at the storage place. So I get out there. It was good, man. It was good stuff. I already weighed 160 pounds. One Oklahoma summer, I weighed 130 pounds. 
I mean, I was just skin. When we visited my mom at Thanksgiving, my mom was in tears when I walked off with the airplane. She was like, oh my gosh. And she thought I was starving to death. She thought I was, you know, and, and it was, I mean, it was bad. But I remember I go out to the parking lot and I, and I've got this old Chevy S10 pickup truck and I'm getting ready to go, you know, make my $5 an hour and all the windows are busted out of my truck. Like, oh, why? Why? And so I go out there and, and I had had this cheap CD player. For you younger people, we used to have these little things called compact disc. They had music on. Come on, you know, you know who you are. And so you'd put that in there, yeah. And you would listen to that music. It was good. It was good. But somebody stole my CD player and broke all the windows in the process just to be mean to me. And, and so I'm like, well, you know what? Praise God. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. If he can make the heaven and earth, he can make windows. If he made the heaven and earth, he can make money come to me. I don't, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but it is gonna happen. And you gotta realize that you know where the help comes from. You don't always know how it's going to come, and you don't always know exactly when it's going to come. So I spent the next couple of weeks driving like Ace Ventura with my head out the window, driving down the freeway, and it was it was wild. It was you know it was, it was messed up. But one day after after class, Bible college, someone I had met this guy one time. He comes up and I mean he's I don't. He's been the same boat as me. None of us, you know, we're just rolling in the dough. But he comes up and he's like, man, I heard about the window thing. Here, here see this. He handed me a business card. He's like, take your car, your truck to this, uh, uh, this window place over here. It's already paid for. Just tell him your name. Just show up and it's already paid for. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Not a chance in the world. We're eating ramen every night, right, Lawrence? Like, it looked like Justin Timberlake's hair back from the 1990s, all right? It was messed up stuff. But I knew where my help came from. It came from the Lord who makes the heavens and the earth. And so I'm encouraging you right now that no matter what you're going through, okay, it may be much larger than the, you know, stories I've told tonight. I'm, I'm sure maybe it is. But it's the same God who made the heaven and the earth because the sovereign Lord helps me. Well, who, who do you think you are? Why do you think that you're going to make it through that? Because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Well, aren't you afraid that it, that, that it, maybe it won't happen? I will not be disgraced. Well, what are you going to do? I am going to set my face like a stone determined to do his will. Well, what next? I know I will not be put to shame. You better get this revelation in your heart. And so the second thing I'm going to talk about tonight is this, as we will wind down here soon. But you need to know where your help comes from. And then I want to tell you this. You need to trust and obey. This is not deep. I mean, I know if you came tonight hoping to hear a groundbreaking theology, I'm not giving you that tonight. But what I'm telling you is you better trust and obey. And that's simple stuff. But there's this old hymn written in 1887 called Trust and Obey. It sounds so simple because it is so simple. Now, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you're going to have to really apply yourself to this. Sometimes you're going to have to choose to 
Turn off the distractions. Get rid of the phone. Turn the TV off. Sometimes you're going to have to make some decisions to get rid of some obstacles to you doing this. But trust and obey. You've got to make this decision in your life. And, you know, I can't tell everybody what the rest of 2021 is going to bring to the world. I I mean, I I don't know all that. But I can tell you what I'm going to do. And what you're going to do, because I know you so well, you're going to trust and obey just like you've always done. You're going to trust God. You're going to choose to believe that his word is true and that he's not a liar. You're going to choose to obey that word even when you don't understand why he's telling you to do some of these things. You're going to trust and obey the same thing we've always done. And I was thinking about this, you know, back in the 90s. I don't know, I'm, I'm really reverting to the 90s tonight, but... But there's this old cartoon we watched called Pinky and the Brain, all right? Loved this. If you've never seen this, it's fire. You've got to go look this up. It's awesome. But but Pinky and the Brain. And so at the end of every episode, uh, Pinky would say to Brain, the mouth, well, what are we going to do tomorrow night? And it was always the same answer. The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. And so when people are like, well, well what are we going to do for the, for the rest of the year? The same thing we do every year. Trust and obey God. Preach the word. Be ready. Preach the word. We're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. We're going to believe God for the finances we need. We're going to restore the broken marriages. We're going to claim victory in every situation. The same thing we've been doing for the last however many years. I'm not changing a thing. I'm doing what we've always done. Trust and obey. Bay, we've got to trust God. Look at this last thing with me tonight. Psalm 9. Can we look at Psalm 9? Amen. Psalm chapter 9. But we are over halfway through this year. And I am so grateful for this verse that God gave us. Amen. I, I'm hearing it in the back, man. I love this. Amen. Come on. Can we get it? <laughs> All right. Psalm 9. And verse 10, I'm going to read this in the New King James, Psalm 9 and verse 10. It tells us, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. That is really good news. Really super good news if you are someone who seeks God. I'm going to read that again. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. Is there anybody in here tonight? You know his name. I know the name of the Lord. I know the name of Jesus. I love to sing and to preach and to speak the name of Jesus. If I'm in a spot and I don't know what to do, I just say the name of Jesus. Just say the name of Jesus. And and I know where my help comes from. Those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. If you are honestly seeking God right now, listen, you can stand on this. He has not forsaken you. He will rescue you every single time. You will make it. You will succeed. You will be victorious because the sovereign Lord helps you. You're not going to be disgraced. 
Why? No, you're not going to be disgraced. You're seeking God. Your face has set like a stone determined to do His will. You will not be put to shame if you are absolutely seeking Him and you are legit about it. You're not just saying it. You're being legit about this thing. And so I'll just throw this verse on the screen. James 1.22. I said this Sunday, and you need to know this verse. You need to know James 1.22. And this is an easy verse to memorize, but I encourage you to start memorizing Bible verses. And some people are like, well, I don't have that good of a memory. And I've, I'm, I've noticed oftentimes people that tell me that, not every time, but oftentimes they could quote me sports statistics from 40 years ago, but they don't have a good memory for memorizing things. I'm just saying, don't, you know, maybe, but, but listen, God will help you, but you need to start getting some verses memorized, okay? Don't go out and try to memorize the whole Bible all at once, but start with some verses that you can memorize, and you need to get them in your heart. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You need to have some verses hidden in your heart. And this is a verse that you really need to know so you can remind yourself of. James 1.22 in the New King James, but be doers of the word and not hearers only or you're deceiving yourselves and as we've said it's it's bad to be deceived but it's a whole lot worse when you're the one doing it to you right i don't want anybody playing tricks on me but i don't want me playing tricks on me especially i don't want to deceive myself and i'm encouraging you tonight that as we close out we said trust I mean, everybody says amen to trust. I know I gotta do that. I've gotta be, I gotta trust God. And I do, and and I've gotta do that. And it's all about trust. And trust is awesome, but you also have to obey. Because the blessing, and we've said this so many times, the blessing is not simply in knowing the word, though there's great blessing in knowing the word, but you're not gonna receive from God until you become a Doer of the word of God. And so as we, you know, move into the second phase of this year and as we really start, you know, with just so many great things going on, listen to me. You're going to have to trust and obey. You're going to have to know where your help comes from, but you're going to have to be a doer of God's word. It's not enough to just know what it says. You've got to take it to the next level and do what it says. Well, sometimes it's hard. Yes. Sometimes it's really hard to walk in love, to forgive, to, to give of yourself, to be, you know, for, be a tither, all these things. But the blessing's not in the knowing. The blessing's in the doing. And I guarantee that you're gonna finish this year strong. You're gonna, you're gonna finish. There's good things coming if you'll trust and obey. There'll be obstacles. There'll be battles. There'll be enemies to fight, but you will win. You will win if you know that your help comes from heaven and you're not on your own and you trust him and you obey what he says to do. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Trust that we've been blessed tonight. Amen. God's good to us. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things uh, out. But can you raise your hands? I just want to pray over everybody tonight. Amen. I want to pray for you right now. 
Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you so much. And God, we we have to say, you have been good to us. And Lord, we realize that sometimes uh, we've got battles to fight. We've got things going on. We've got weapons formed against us. We've got, we've got stuff. We live in an imperfect world, but that's okay because we serve the perfect God. And Lord, we may not be perfect ourselves, but you are, and we are relying on you. We know where our help comes from. And so Lord, I, I pray over everybody here right now. I pray for those listening online in the name of Jesus. Let us set our face as a stone determined to do your will. And God, we know we will not be put to shame. We will not be disgraced. We will overcome for we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. And we always triumph in Christ Jesus. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Lord, you are our refuge, our fortress. You are our rock. You are our help in trouble. And we always win because of you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that as we've heard the word, our faith is strengthened. Lord, faith comes through hearing the word. And I pray in the name of Jesus that as we've heard this word tonight, we're strengthened and Lord, we are anointed with that oil of joy and we know that good things are coming. Good things are happening all around us and to us because of you. We love you so much in Jesus name. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. We trust the Lord. All right. Well, we're going to close things out here, but I want to remind you that if you need a t-shirt, we're placing that order here in, in a couple weeks. So go ahead and you can grab that at the bookstore and get in on that. And this Sunday, there's no PM service. So keep that in mind. And also July 18th is the big birthday bash for my dad. So everybody be there Sunday night, July 18th. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to say the Barstow Faith Confession because I love Barstow and I believe Barstow is coming to Jesus and we are going to see great things happen right here. Well, I ain't seeing it. Man, shut up. I'm seeing it because I walk by faith, not by sight. All right. Who's going to say it for me tonight? Who's going to, I need somebody. I need somebody who's going to do it. Do I hear one? Do I hear two? One? All right. It's always the kids. I mean, I'll go to the kids if I got to. All right, Nick, let's have an adult finally do it. Let's have Nick do it. All right. Let's hear it for Nick. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I'm going to hold. My wife always tells me, you need to hold it closer to your mouth. I was like, okay, I'm always down here. All right. I got it down now. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.